As we look at the book of Ruth, chapter 4, um, this will be the last sermon in the book of Ruth. Before we read uh, anything out of chapter 4, we're going to be first of all looking where we've normally been looking in Ruth chapter 1, um, verses 16 and 17. Um, but after this sermon, I'm going, we're going to turn our thoughts toward Easter and uh, the resurrection, and then we'll pick back up with our marriage uh, after Easter because I'm not near done. And I want our marriages to be better. I want them to be stronger. And I want people to know how to select a mate because it's important. So, Gospel, excuse me, Book of Ruth, chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to return from following you, following after you, for whether thou goest, I will go, whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. And where thou diest will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Father, I pray now for this message today <clears throat> in the book of Ruth, Lord, that you speak to our hearts, that we might be better stewards of our marriages, better stewards of raising our children. And God, we'll praise and thank you now, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In thinking about this uh, today, uh, a heritage builder, I thought about uh, Lynn and I, what a heritage she and I have as far as Christian heritage. Now, I didn't have but one grandparent that I was raised up with, and she didn't leave this world to age 92, and she was still living alone at that age. She was still raking yards. She was still cooking and calling out to me her grandson. She lived in our backyard, and I love those memories uh, that I have of her. She went to church. You didn't have to beg her to go to church. She had asthma. She'd go to church sick. She had her Bible. She carried it to church. I have a wonderful heritage in that I was born into that kind of family. Lynn was the same way. Never, ever held back from going to church and listening to the Word of God and singing and then coming home and sharing with her great-grandmother the Sunday school lesson and the sermon and everything. What a heritage she and I have. And, and, and our job has been to pass that heritage on to our sons and that they pass it on to their children and their children's children forever how long one generation goes uh, after another. So it matters to me, and I hope it matters to you who you marry. It, make, it makes a difference who you marry. It makes all the difference in the world how you raise your children. Because they, hey, it's like this. Is that your offspring? Yes. Is that your offspring's offspring? Yes. <laughs> Is that your offspring's offspring? Offspring? Yeah. And on it goes. Don't mar the image that's been taught you. And you say, well, you don't know my life. I have no image at all. My heritage is one big mess. Okay, then here's what you do. You start now of trying to have a good heritage to leave your young'uns. A man told me on a job one time, I was witnessing to him. 
he, he let out a big cuss word. He said, you don't know how I was raised. I said, no, sir, I don't. But you're an adult now, and you're responsible for the way you live. You are the one that will be held accountable for the way you live and for the way you raise your children. So as I think about that, I think about a heritage builder. Now, I want us to focus, uh, uh, um, Elaine, if you would, put up chapter 4 of the book of Ruth, uh, 1 through 9. You don't have to stand, but if you have your Bibles or you look at the screen, I want you to look what, what it says. Now, Boaz is on the verge here of getting married, okay? And there's certain things that has to be considered here. And so here we go. Chapter 4, verse 1. Then went Boaz up to the gate and set him down there. And behold, the kinsman, if you remember, he said, if no kinsman come forward to marry Ruth, then I will. So he says, no uh, kinsman of Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, ho, such an one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and he sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit ye here now, sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsman, Naomi, that is to come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech. Remember, Elimelech's dead and gone. And I thought of to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants, inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know. For there is none to redeem it besides thee. In other words, Boaz is giving them a chance now. If, if, if you're it and you want to marry uh, Ruth, you need to step up besides thee. For I am after thee. In other words, I'm in next in line. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, what day thou buyest the field of the land of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth. In other words, the mother-in-law comes with the deal of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now, this was the manner of in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing and to confirm all things. A man, now this is what a man did to, to make sure they knew this is the promise I'm going to keep. He would take off his shoe and give it to his neighbor. One shoe. And this was a testimony in Israel. I will mean what I say. I say what I mean. Take my shoe and hang on to it. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders, And who all and to all the people, Ye are witnesses this day, that I have bought, listen to what he bought, that I have bought all that Elimelech's, and all that was Chilion's and Melon's, that's the two sons, of the hand of Naomi. I bought it all. You all are witnesses. It belongs to me now. And so commits to head toward the wedding. And we know that uh, Boaz married Ruth. So another heritage is started. So heritage builder. Now I want you to listen. These are not complicated things today. They're simple things today. And you can apply them to your marriage. Say, I'm not married. 
Well, if you're not married and you're glad of it, then be glad about it. But you surely know somebody who needs this. And so you could pass it along to them. Don't think just because you're not married or even thinking about getting married that they're not for you. All right, I want you to listen. First of all, what Boaz is saying and what I am saying today, I will love you no matter what we face. View. No matter what we face. Now, I told you this before. We live in a throwaway world. If it don't work, we'll throw it away. There's no telling how many marriages has been thrown away. If God had been incorporated in both husband and wife, it might could have been saved. I didn't say it could be. It might could have been saved. So... We say, well, they have changed. Listen, this morning, I'm getting dressed. I'm almost finished. Lynn is almost finished. And in our bathroom, we've got a huge, big, wide mirror, wide screen type. We're both standing there in front of the mirror. And she says, I'll be glad when things get back to normal. I mean, she's nursing a, a, an arm that we don't know yet whether it's cracked or not. A crown came off of her tooth. She had a time getting a hair appointment. And the list goes on and on. I'll be glad when it gets back to normal, she said. I said, let me tell you something. It ain't going to get back to normal. I said, look at us. I said, I look at my high school graduating picture, and I'm so slick and smooth. And I said, look at the wrinkles now. I said, it ain't going to get no better. We're on our way downhill, don't you understand? But we're going to make the best of it. And you know what happened then? Both of us, at the same time, began to laugh. We just standing there in front of the mirror, laughing at one another. I mean, that's the way it ought to be. We all change. Now listen, some of you are just getting started in your marriages. Some of you are well advanced into your marriages. Some of you are way over the hill in your marriage, but you're still hanging in there. Listen, beauty fades. Waistline changes. If you don't believe it, look at a man's belt. It's got more holes in it than it come with. <laughs> Let me tell you something else. Hair changes color as well as locations. <laughs> it's amazing to me a man can be bald-headed and grow hair in his nose and his ear. <laughs> I mean, can you understand? Can you figure that out? This man was completely bald, and he was always on his son about getting a haircut. Son, you need to get your hair cut. We was laughing one day. I said, listen, you better grow it while you can. You're going to look like him one day. You grow your hair while you can. Stay with it. But waistlines do change. <laughs> Health begins to fade away. But love says, I'm going to love you regardless. I want you to listen to these regardless. Regardless of the past, I'm going to love you. Boaz should have said, Ruth, you know, I love you and I want to marry you, but I can't get out of my mind where you came from. You came out of that 
place down there in uh, Moab that worshiped the devil, that sacrificed youngins and, and creatures. I just can't get past that in order to marry you. I don't want your, that kind of baggage. Okay? Listen, we need to get over the past. The past will haunt you to the point that you can't focus on the present and let alone be ready for the future. It's important. Let the past be gone. The man says, I, I, uh, he said, I just can't get rid of it. I can't get rid of it. I said, I'm going to ask you two questions. I said, first of all, have you been saved? He said, yes, I have. I said, have you asked God to forgive you? He said, I sure have. I said, well, the next question, you've got to answer this. Have you forgiven yourself? And he said, no, I guess not. He said, but I can't turn it loose. I said, you're going to have to forgive yourself. You're going to have to forgive the past. You won't forget it, but you must forgive the past regardless of what went on in the past. He said, I'm going to love you. Also, another regardless, regardless of the people that we meet. And hey, we meet a lot of people in our lifetime. A lot of people. I mean, hey, I'm done in the stage now. I can't remember their name. I remember their face. I was talking to Brother Curtis there a while ago. This recent, we had our uh, a reunion at Ren High School, the first 10 years graduating classes. Hey, I went to school with them. They don't look like they used to. We had name badges uh, with our picture on it, how we looked in our senior year. I stood there and talked to a young boy. I say young boy, he's the same age as me. <laughs> That's young, if you want to look at it that way. But my daddy and me bricked his house over 40 years ago, and I couldn't remember him. We stood there and talked. He was sharing all kinds of things, and I just sort of cut my eyes down sideways to get a glimpse of his name. You know what his name was? Kenny. And how could I forget that? How could I forget that? Well, that's your memory. So, we had a good time talking. Regardless of the people you meet. Now, let me tell you about the people you're going to meet in your life. And some of you know what I'm talking about because you've already met these people. There are some of those people that ignore you. Well, if he sits over there on that side, I'm going to the other side. I see him coming down the aisle. I'm going to slip over here on the other aisle. I tell you what I love to do. I hadn't done it in a while. But to be in a department store. Well, let's say Walmart. I don't like to go there. But anyhow, Walmart. And I see somebody over here in this aisle that I know real good. I'll whoop over here and go down that aisle about where they are. And I'll call their name. George. And I can see through the crack. He's looking on. I'll let him get settled down. George. Sometimes they're with their wife. said, did you hear that? She said, yeah, where's it coming from? And I say, George, report to the office. He's looking all around. And then I come out behind there. You know, this, some people will ignore you, though. They don't care what you do, what you say. They will ignore you. Listen, uh, if some of them will ignore you, but some of them will hurt you. And you know something? We don't like to. We don't, we don't like to. Sometimes we just can't get over it. Well, they hurt me, and I just can't get over it. Sometimes we meet people that hinder us. They hinder us. They hinder us. We have a schedule. We're trying to get here and get there, and they hinder us. But then we have those who will help us along the way. We need to praise God for those who are willing to help us. Another regardless. 
I'm going to love you regardless of the problems we face. Now listen, here are some problems that all of us face. Not necessarily couples, but all of us face the communication problem. Being misunderstood. Well, I know what you said. Well, I didn't mean what. Well, what did you say it for? And here it goes. Communication problem. Expectation problems. You know what? We disappoint one another. We disappoint one another. All we can say is, hey, I am sorry. Financial problems. Hey, that's always out there lurking at us, trying to pay bills, trying to work long hours and, and pay bills. This one advertisement said, you'll never pay off your utility company. That's right. You, most of us in that deal, we'll never, ever pay off the utility company. Moral problems. We're going to make mistakes. But he said, I'm going to love you regardless. Then there sets in health problems. Seems like the older we get, the more health problems we have. You know, I haven't gotten tired of it yet, but my dad one time said, I'm so tired of taking this medicine. Every Saturday night, I mix up my whole week's medicine, morning and night, every week, every week. I am what I am because of a lot of medication, okay? I'm, I'm wondering what can I do without. I mean, I'm on so much stuff, prescription I'm talking what could I do without? Then I'm afraid, hey, I feel good, I act crazy, so I better leave the medications doing what they're doing like they're doing, but health problems are going to set in. But boy, I said, I'm going to love you regardless. Secondly, I will walk with God and be an example of faith. Now, uh, before you put that up, Elaine, I want to read verses 11 and 12 says, for all the people that were in the gate of the elders said, We are witnesses. Remember what Boaz said. We're witnesses. The Lord make this woman that is to come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which too did build the house of Israel and do thou worthily in Ephraim and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bare unto Judah, of the seed which the Lord shall give thee in this young woman. Okay? Had plans. God had plans. And so here we see the devotion of Boaz. Okay? We're going to look at the, at the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. First of all, um, he confessed boldly in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. That's what he said. That was his confession to God boldly. Secondly, he taught his faith regularly in Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. And thou shalt teach them diligently. Listen to what he says, parents. Diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. Also, he, he lived his faith openly in Deuteronomy 6, 8 and 9. And thou shalt bind them about a sign upon thy hand and thou shalt be as the frontless between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. 
That's what he said. I will walk with God. I will be an example for those to follow. Men, listen, you need to walk and I need to walk the way God wants us to. And to be the man that God's called us to be. To be the husband that God's called us to be. And to be the daddy that we're supposed to be. And the granddaddy. And even the great granddaddy if there are any in here. Thirdly, we're talking about a heritage builder. He said, I'm going to love you regardless. I'm going to walk before you and set an example. But thirdly, he said, I will lift you up and encourage you to be your best for God. To be your best. Encourage you. Notice the changes in Ruth's life. She came to Bethlehem as a foreigner. You know, she was born there down in, in Moab. And she came to Bethlehem as a foreigner. Chapter 2, verse 10. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it if I find it. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto them, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, a stranger? Why should you do that? Because of the love of God. She came to Bethlehem as a foreigner. Secondly, she labored as the lowest servant. She labored out there in the field with the rest of the servants. Verse 13 says, And then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou hast comforted me, and for thou hast spoken friendly unto thy handmaid, though I be not like one of them. You've taken me in. She She was treated as a household maid servant instead of a Slave out there in the uh, field. Um, verse 9 says, Let thine eyes be on the field that they reap. Go out unto them. Have I not charged the young man? And they shall not touch thee. I'm going to look over thee. They will take care of thee. You won't be thirsty. Your vessel will be there for you. The men have withdrawn from thee because you are mine. And last of all, there we think about... Um, I will will lift up your name and encourage you. She became Boaz's wife. In the 13th verse of chapter 4, So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception. Remember what he said about the seed? Gave her conception, and she bare a son. Isn't that amazing? Let me give you the last point. We're talking about a a heritage builder. He said, I'm going to love you regardless I'm, I'm going to walk, be an example before you. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to encourage you. But last of all, I will restore you when you stumble, when you sin, when you do something you don't have any business, when you do something that don't make sense. I promise you, I'm going to be there to restore you, and I'm going to be there to love you. Verses 14 through 17 says in chapter 4, And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, and his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of the life. There you are, a restorer of life. And be a nourisher of thine old age from our daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath bore him. And Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom and became a nurse unto it. And 
the woman, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Can you see all that's unfolding here? Both of us, our companions, Lynn and I, hey, we're going to stumble. You mark it down. We're going to mistakes. We're going to sin. We're going to be there for each other to restore one another and to help one another. I'm going to disappoint her. She's going to disappoint me, but she's going to be there and I'm going to be there to restore her. The question is this. Listen, have you made a commitment to restore your mate after what happens? You can't control your mate. You might think you can. In this business of wife beating and abuse, what I don't understand is why don't the man, if he's the one that's guilty, why don't he pick on a male and let him get a couple of black eyes and broke nose and busted up arms, broken fingers? I say he's lower than a snake that'll beat a woman. I got no use for him. I love him, but I have no use for him. Boaz said, I'm going to love you, darling. I'm going to see you through no matter what. And by the way, Ruth, you and I together, we're going to look after Grandma Naomi as long as she lives. Can you imagine how Naomi felt when they laid that baby open in her arms? I think of Bill Gaither, how sweet to hold a newborn baby. Fresh out of heaven. The kind of commitment, this kind of commitment, listen, makes four statements, and I'm closing with this. And you listen, I'm going to hold you accountable. I want Lynn to hold me accountable. She wants me to hold her accountable. She tells me everything she's fixing to do. I said, it's okay. You don't have to do that. Yeah, but I want to. I will forgive you. Mark it down. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to guard your name. You're mine. You belong to me. And I'm going to restore you. All of this is interesting. This book of Ruth. In generations to come, Boaz was faithful, following God, taking on a stranger, a slave girl, that God changed. And he proposed. And he married one generation after another, to come to a child that would be born, to, cook, to continue the heritage that would soon be a redeemer. And his name is Jesus. Amazing. I look back this morning at the gospel of Matthew chapter 1. And you got all these beget, 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 beget. And they seem so boring. But if you keep on reading in there, you'll find where Boaz begat Obed. And one right after another is falling in line. And then it says, and Joseph married Mary and begat Jesus. Our kinsman redeemer. And you see, it all started. I will take off my shoe and give it to you as a promise that I'll do what I said I will do. You know, most weddings, there's always somebody to give away the bride. Nobody's mentioned in here 
But you can assume if you want to, you don't have to, that the Holy Spirit of God rained down on that relationship. And the Holy Spirit of God gave Ruth to Boaz. And the promise kept going because she became pregnant and had a baby boy. And the beat, as that song says, and the beat goes on. Again, in Genesis chapter 1, it talks about from Abraham all the way up to the carrying away of Babylon was 14 generations. From the carrying away of Babylon on up to the next stage was 14 generations. And then all the way up to Jesus was 14 generations. Listen, when the earth, when time began, when God said in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, we started counting time. Right? We started counting time. And it was called B.C. Counting down. Right? B.C. All the way down to where Jesus Christ was born. And then his death, A.D. We started counting it one. And we're up to 2017. And so Lynn and I were talking this morning. I said, I wonder how many generations we could look back and find of my family and your family because it's one generation after the other. Listen, y'all, don't drop the ball. If your marriage is in trouble, remember what I said. If you're saved, both of you are saved, hang in there, give it the best you've got because in heaven there'll be no marriages. You'll be free. Hello? Hello? Raise those young'uns the way God would have you to. Love those grandbabies. Teach the grandbabies. Help them. Lynn carried the grands yesterday to the rest home to make some visits and carry some little gifts. And one of those people that they visited gave Arden a yo-yo, Mashila. Well, he came home. He'd never seen a yo-yo as I know of. Didn't know a thing about a yo-yo. So granddaddy started winding it up and showing him one of these kinds. You throw it down there and just hang around. He couldn't understand why it wouldn't come back up. Well, we got to working with it, and I was going down and out and back, and he tried it. First thing you know, he's getting it down and getting it up. Now, literally, when we woke him up this morning... That yo-yo was still attached to that finger. I told him, I said, your daddy's going to be so proud of you that you know how to yo-yo. One generation after another, don't, whatever you do, don't drop the ball. Stay with it. God loves you and has a plan for your life and for your generation. It's a wonderful heritage if you do it God's way. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the opportunity you've given us now uh, to respond back to you because you've been so gracious to us. Lord, I, I thank you for the family from which I have come. I thank you for the family from which Lynn has come. I thank you for the heritage that you have given us in our sons. I thank you for our grands. And God, I just thank you and praise you for such a wonderful church family. Lord, I pray that you bless this church family. I pray for marriages, that they become better marriages. And Lord, if there's any lost in here today, that they would accept you as their personal Savior because you died on the cross for our sins.
Thank you that you're alive today and you wait for people to respond. We pray all this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.